Well, this is it. I can feel it. Time to pass on. Just another old man. Dying, lost and alone. No one to comfort me. No one to mourn me when I'm gone. Fear not, Jacob Porter. You will not die unmourned. For we are here, the Vajarian Witnesses. We are as ancient as the stars, and yet we stand here beside you. I can hear you in my thoughts. Come, let us anoint you with the powdered remains of our departed brothers and sisters. Okay. That's a bit weird, but I'm going to go with it. It has restorative properties. All your physical wounds will be healed. So if, for instance, you had been shot by a large caliber rifle, a bunch of people checking over your body could conceivably overlook it. But I haven't been shot by a rifle. We know. We're just saying if you had been. All these years alone. It feels so good to have a final conversation. Well, this is a bit embarrassing. Who are you? Yes, we were about to ask the same question. We are testimony. We are here to harvest your memories, so you may live forever as part of us. No, we are already here to witness his demise and allow him to live forever as a floaty space dust face in our spaceship. Pardon our bluntness, but you are an ancient race. We are from the far end of time. Our technology is far in advance of your own. Jacob will live a better eternity with us. Well... We respectfully beg to differ. We were doing this before you were even born, you glass-based disgrace. The entirety of intergalactic existence happened before we were born, so that's not exactly much of a recommendation. Step aside, Mr. Cellophane, or we'll literally smash your face in. Just try it, Fourteen Eyes. Um... Do I get any say in this? No. It's just nice to feel wanted, I suppose. Hello there, darling. My name's Missy. Welcome to heaven. I think I'm feeling better. Hello everyone, welcome to the Oodcast. Um, before we begin today, I want to say a big thank you to Michael of the Tin Dog Podcast for suggesting the idea for that first sketch. That was not our idea, it was my course. <laughs> but um, 
we still wrote it and did it. And we'll claim some of the glory from it, if there is any. What do you think, Loz? Oh, yeah, you're totally covered in glory. It's all over you. It's dripping off you as if it was a slime, but like a glittery slime. So unfortunately this week, the Oods weren't able to get together. So what we're going to do is a couple of capsule reviews. So you'll hear from me and Loz now, and you'll hear from Chris Alpha at some point in the near future, at some point during this episode. Um, We are talking about Demons of the Punjab. I feel like it needs that voice, that kind of momentous voice to to introduce it. Do you mean portentous? What did I say? Momentous. No, momentous. Like, doesn't momentous mean a moment that is to be remembered? Maybe. Yeah. Um, But portentous means, like, something ominous is coming. Well, it didn't turn out to be ominous. Well, the aliens didn't. No, the aliens didn't, but everything but else partition. did. Everything else was like substantially lacking in om, but yet ominous. What sort of om? Om means peace. I mean, you have such a vast array of different touchstones for your knowledge. That <laughs> I don't, I just, I know you the best and I still don't understand half the things you say. Uh, yes, well, now you do. It's a curse and a blessing. So Laura and I are going to just give you a few thoughts about episode six of this season of Doctor Who. Uh, The first, the very first script of this season to not bear the Chibnall name at all, either as main writer or (gasps) co-writer. Golly gosh. Yeah, I believe this was written by Vinay Patel. That is correct. Um, The second Doctor Who writer of colour ever. Good grief. Thank you, Chibnall, for finally letting people... Right, for the series who, aren't you know, white. aren't white. <laughs> good grief, it's taken a long time. And he does a very, very good job, I thought. I know that there are quite a few people who were anxious that the nitty gritty reality of partition wouldn't really be covered, but it doesn't get much more nitty gritty than a brother murdering his older brother. I don't know, it, it is hard. It's a hard part of history is not something that we as Britain should be proud of in any way uh, so to put a whole episode about it I think was quite brave and I could see why people might have their reservations about it uh, but I thought it was absolutely beautiful uh, what they did with it and for me I think this series really does hit its highest heights uh, during its historicals or mm. it has so far I can't get a read on anything beautiful yeah you're right it really is they can surprise you demons hey do you think they're here not getting any life signals maybe they're out shopping hello there can i help you we are looking for your dead the what bread i meant bread aisle five just past the tea and coffee Thank you. Yeah, it's fantastic because, I mean, let's face it, we're going through a period where there are a lot of people harking back to the glory days of empire. And let's not forget that the glory days of empire were only glorious for a very, very small proportion of the population. And for a lot of people, it was anything but. And this episode does a very, very good job of highlighting how one arbitrary decision can 
lead to consequences of thousands and thousands of deaths and hundreds of years of suffering and enmity. The drama of it is it's a very small cast. It's a very contained episode in a lot of ways, but it's the sweep of history that it's its backdrop that gives it that space, I think, uh, which I thought was really good. I think everyone in it was uniformly brilliant. I particularly liked um, ah, Prem, the guy who played Prem, who I believe is called Shane Zaza or Zaza. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, I thought his brother Manish was probably, I mean, although he was a very unsympathetic character, I thought the performance was probably a bit stronger from him, maybe. Mm, well, then we have a, a favourite each. So they must have both been pretty good. And both of them, I sort of pale <laughs> in comparison to Umbreen, who I thought was just wonderful. And her mum, who was everybody's nightmare mother-in-law. By the way, my mother-in-law is great. This reminds me that I think my very favourite thing about the episode was the way that Yaz called her granny Nanny. Yeah, Nanny. I I do. Did you find yourself wondering if perhaps the reason why Yaz was the favourite goddaughter, granddaughter rather, was because Umbreen remembered her from when she was much younger? Yes. I mean, I think that's how time works in Doctor Who. Probably there was a buried memory she reminds me of that lady who tied the knot at the wedding for me. Yes, that incredibly traumatic event in my life. Hey. But she would be a connection to the man that she loved. Yes. And that's got to be lovely. Bittersweet, perhaps. Yeah. I can't get a read on anything. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're right. It really is. They can surprise you, demons. Do you think they're here? Not getting any life signals. Maybe they're out. Shopping. Catching a movie. Next, please. Two concessions for 50 shades free, please. Concessions? We are untold centuries in age. Uh-huh. Where do you want to sit? Uh, near the back. And on an aisle, please. My friend has a weak bladder. So we've had another episode where the aliens haven't been baddies. And the doctors had to not stand really aside and not much. do anything. Yeah. Now, I really like that aspect of the doctor's personality. I think that even though I've loved everything that's happened since the doctor has been rebooted, something that has grown incarnation on incarnation is his arrogance. There was, a, there was a lot of things were solved by him just being like, do you know who I am? I am a god. I am the galactic heart of the universe. Fear me. Look me up and you will run away. And I just, that isn't all the Doctor is. So I'm really glad they brought back this facet of the Doctor. The only thing I'm a little worried about is, is that a weird move to make as you also shift to a, a female gendered Doctor? I don't know, because... 13 still gets to make that speech about desperately trying to protect the people who she's accidentally dragged into the middle of the alien's spaceship and telling them that the Earth is defended. Because of her perception of them being assassins and not realising what's happened to their homeworld, I think it was the first time that I'd seen the Doctor give that speech and have her look really quite frightened and 
almost desperate as she was saying it. Yeah, so my point, I guess it is, it's great to have that aspect of the Doctor back, a traveller, just a traveller, as she says in the first episode, uh, rather than an all-knowing god. But is the fact they've done it while also changing the Doctor's gender, is that bad to have done both of those things at once? That's interesting because, I mean, what I could be doing is reading that into her performance when it wasn't intended to be there. Well, the fact that she's non-confrontational, she's found other ways every time virtually. None of these villains have got their comeuppance in the same way. I mean, she arms people with information and sometimes she arms them with things that will zap (laughs) creatures. I think all that's true. I just wonder if it's a mistake to move the Doctor's character towards what we would say are more traditionally feminine qualities at the same time as changing the gender of the main character. I would I would like to see this Doctor, this incarnation, mm-hmm. be full-on war Doctor at least once. I want to see that that's still there. I don't know, because I think if you're going to change the gender of the Doctor and have them behave exactly the same way as all their previous incarnations. What was the point of doing it? Well, every incarnation does change. Everyone's slightly different. I just didn't want it to be a change along gender line so easily. But gender does separate us. Like, there are many, many ways in which you and I are identical in the way that we think and interact with people, but many, many ways in which we're completely different, and yet we are equals. But those qualities, the qualities that we assign to one gender or another, aren't real. They're just what society says, like a man should be like this and a woman should be like this. And and we know that's not true. We know that there's countless examples of people who don't fall along those lines or who reject a gender identity, a binary gender identity at all. So I just, I don't know. I just, I wonder about it. I think you can reject that whole idea of, performative femininity i don't think we're going to get this doctor sitting in front of a mirror and primping and preening Mm. and doing anything which sort of is part of the stereotypical role of what a woman or what a lady should be like no agreed but there's nothing wrong with the doctor being scared with the doctor being pacifist in a very very obvious way with the doctor encouraging collaboration those are feminine traits well i mean i hope that they're not just feminine traits but i think they're positive ones they're traditionally traits that have been ascribed to women yes Mm. and i want to see the doctor do things differently i want to see the doctor have a complete meltdown i want to see the doctor be frightened i want to see her overcoming her own limitations I mean, I want to see all that too, and I love this incarnation. I'm, I'm just interested in it. I just think it's an interesting question to ask. Yeah, I still I think, think so too. the way that Jodie Whittaker portrays her is phenomenal. Yeah, and continues her speech to be. about love being the strongest weapon was just. There are so many good moments for her in this episode. <laughs> she loves biscuits. She She wants to play around with Pooh in order to do analysis. She goes and apologises to the aliens when she realises that she's accidentally desecrated the grave of their ancestors. 
and and she does it immediately in such a heartfelt way she's very she's very very contrite and humble and willing to admit when she's wrong i like that about this incarnation very much me too i also love using the alien's own technology against them i'm (laughs) i'm confiscating this and then i'm going to use it against you in a way that just beams you back you know doesn't hurt you just keeps you at bay that seems like a really doctorish solution it does until they manage to rejig it which of course they'll know how to do a bit faster because it is their tech but anyhow it's just supposed to be a stopgap solution anyway it allows them to get married exactly well i'm sure you've had enough of hearing us speak so let us introduce very quickly our great friend chris alpha with his thoughts Hey everyone, so Demons of the Punjab. I loved this episode. It had a completely different pace to the others, much more reflective and gentle in its telling of the story. It felt like the plot was being unfurled rather than told, each detail emerging at a careful and measured pace. The subject was brave. It's complex and it could have been a minefield, but this gave an insight to some of the core issues underneath it all while holding some of the detail at arm's length. It could have been too much to deal with and overwhelmed anything they tried to do in terms of story, but keeping it on a very human level was a perfect pitch, I think. It's almost a story told through emotions alone, and I found it utterly beautiful. This was the Doctor at a very Doctory peak. She was inquisitive, full of wonder, but instinctively protective all at once, and this episode utterly nailed that. And in terms of the others, it was great to see Yaz get more of a role, and an interesting one at that, sharing her journey into learning about her family with the viewers as well as Team TARDIS. Graham is pretty great still too, he really does have a fantastic line in compassion, connecting with others in every situation on a really pure, very human level, even when they're not human. And that seems to be slowly getting through to Ryan as well. That scene where Prem is getting ready for the wedding choked me up. The the emotion on Graham's face, knowing what's ahead of him, was a really lovely touch to add to that situation, especially as he could have been hated out of hand as an Englishman and certainly provoked some suspicion with the rest of the family. Uh, as for the Vajarians, um, I've seen some complaining around the fact that the Big Bad was again not what it seemed to be and was prejudice. The thing is, I think it was rather well done here. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the two occasions that the main baddie has turned out to be prejudice have been historical stories. It's unavoidable, shameful, uncomfortable, all of those things, and sure, not as fun to watch, perhaps, as a monster bursting from a spaceship to try and kill everyone, but equally that's not the only way to tell a good story. What else to say about it? The soundtrack was gorgeous. I didn't notice it for most of the episode, but when I did, it was because it was beautiful. Seriously, that end theme alone absolutely knocked it out of the park. It looked wonderful, the supporting cast were wonderful, and the whole thing worked. This, for me, was an instant classic. I've watched it an extra couple of times, which is unusual for me, and I can see myself going back to it time and time again. This is one happy ood. Not that that's unusual. Fantastic. He's a good egg, that one. He is.
Um, so yeah, I just, I can't finish talking about this episode without mentioning again, Sega Nakanola's incredible arrangement for the final theme. Oh my goodness. What a talented composer he is to just gently bring in the theme underneath that traditional music that was so beautiful. And actually, you recognized it before I did, didn't you? It's just part of my very DNA. <laughs> uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That theme tune is so sort of entrenched in who I am that even though I have no musical ability whatsoever, I still recognized it before you did. Exactly. Whereas I was just really, really enjoying the, the wonderful singing. And then to realize that it was the theme sort of swelling up underneath it. Oh, it was just beautiful. Actually, again, beautiful music throughout. There's some really sweeping, glorious bits. Mm-hmm of music. I'm really, really looking forward to the album of this series. It's going to be epic. And I think actually I'll, I'll almost be listening to it with fresh ears because it's so insidious is the wrong word. It, yes. it, it doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't force itself into your ears like a sort of, oh, that's a very recognisable... Invasive? It's not invasive? It's not invasive. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just part of it. No. It's... <laughs> cheeky man it's just a part of it it's an enjoyable part of the fabric of the episodes um so this was the first episode where i think yaz had more to do than many of the other characters and i like that although she really really had the possibility to write herself out of existence she didn't shy away from supporting her grandmother through one of the worst and the best days of her life. Yeah, she just had to be there with her. And the doctor also didn't shy away from letting her go and do that. It was sort of, yeah, just really take care not to accidentally vanish yourself. Tread softly, I believe, wasn't it? Yes, tread softly because you're treading on your history. I mean, very reminiscent of tread softly because you tread on my dreams. But um, still, some beautiful writing and some very, very funny bits of pathos and humanity throughout this episode again. And talking of humanity, because we're recording this a little late, we get to talk very quickly about the section on Doctor Who that happened in Children in Need, which we watched this morning, which was a little girl with... Cystic fibrosis. Yes, who was a massive fan and got to visit the TARDIS set. If you haven't had a chance to look that up on YouTube, you should. We watched it together this morning, almost as soon as we woke up, and oh, I was in floods of tears. There, there are a few things that get you in floods of tears, though, but it was very, very delightful to see how how much it meant to her, how important it was for her to wear the costume and have the capacity to sort of do the things that the Doctor gets to do and there was a wonderful moment where she was chatting with Jodie Whittaker um, who came in and said I just I wanted to do a role like this because when I was your age all girls got to do was to stand on the sidelines and giggle giggle and clap and I wanted to be heroic and she is she is heroic when it comes to big historical events like that people aren't nice people are 
unfathomably cruel to each other for for want of a better word they nationalism and tribalism and that kind of that turns people into caricatures of the worst aspects of humanity and it's something that obviously has happened many many times throughout our history as a species and and will happen again and I'm glad that the series is choosing to confront it. I can't get a read on anything. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're right. It really is. They can surprise you, demons. Hey, do you think they're here? Not getting any life signals. Maybe they're out, shopping, catching a movie, bowling, some restless light bowling. Could we have the bumpers up, please? Yes, of course, I'll do that now. There. All done. Thank you. Now is the time to strike, Dalek Lan. Align the ramp. Well, there we are. A slightly more thoughtful review of Doctor Who this week, uh, but an episode that deserves that kind of thought. This is the haiku for Demons of the Punjab. They tread lightly as history holds some demons. Love binds and divides. Thanks so much for listening to us. Um, If you have anything you would like to say about the episode... The community is there for you. It's our Facebook listening group where we talk Doctor Who and anything that is wonderful in life, really. It's a lovely group of people. Please come and join us. Yes, come and join us. And if any of you are tailors and know how to make a Vajarian coat, Christmas is coming. I would like one. Would you? Yes, I'd like a lovely coat like that. Look at the angles on it. It's so cool. Big pointy shoulder Shoulder pads. pads. Yes, awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to us. Uh, Hey, maybe you could review us on iTunes. People seem to love that kind of stuff. We'll go rocketing up the rankings. (laughs) Yes, do that. Good. We're so good at the... The, the promotional part of this. I know, we're so good. We're so we're good. killing it. I don't understand why people don't want to advertise on the podcast. What would we want um, I to would advertise? Li- I would like to advertise, like, meat. You want to... <laughs> no, meat's bad for the planet and stuff. No. Get a box of meat. <laughs> Subscribe to the Ucast. Get a box of get meat. Get a box of meat. Or some candied beets, if you're vegan or vegetarian. You don't have to have meat. No, have, have candied beet. Have something that roams with it. Okay, we've we we wandered off topic. It's possible. Yeah, we love you all very much. See you soon. Yes, tiddlefit. Bye. Find yourself in the valley 
On the eve of broken peace A boy hides in the forest with a rifle To stop a holy priest Listening to an angry radio He's a sad and broken hearted man With a head full of fire and a spirit of pain He devises a bad plan from a stream where you can see both sides of the border The countryside comes kind of shattered and friend turns into foe Young nations in confrontation Families stay and die or go After centuries of kindness In a moment it has gone And the brother turns to his brother and says I wish you'd never come back home To the place where you can see both sides of the border See both sides of the border Though the knives are all out, history shows us how Love can overcome hate, bring us together now A hope that no one can divide Don't walk away from here, off to the other side No, 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 no is landed in what seems to be the center of the storm Neighbors once friendly now stand each side of the line that someone's drawn They've found these fields for years but now there's violence in the air And they burn away what's in common Tell them they're not welcome here and they chase them to the other side of the border Though the knives are all out, history shows us how Love can overcome hate, bring us together now A hope that no one can divide Don't walk away from here up to the other side No, 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 no Doctor lands in a spaceship In the forest of falling leaves In a time of desecration an alien couple grieves They're here today to witness the fallout when a war goes wrong The last of a race of killers Finally trying to atone 
Bringing comfort to those hurt on both sides of the border Both sides of the border Both sides of the border On both sides of the border Both sides of the border Both sides of the border. Both sides of the border.